Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome to Reconnect My Heart Podcast, the show that we talk about life's problems that may break or tear our hearts apart. On Reconnect My Heart, we discuss God's answers to life's problems to reconnect our hearts back to the way he originally made us. I'm your host, Brother Prade. I'm so glad you are able to join us. If you have any questions, comments, if you just want us to the show, feel free to call me at 516-416-416. 453-9118. That's 516-453-9118. Or you look at online at www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Reconnect My Heart. Also, you can go to reconnectmyheartpodcast.com, reconnectmyheartpodcast.com, where you can see the video version of this episode. I am very excited to be here today, and we have a very, very, very special guest. She was on here 
uh, once before fabulous fabulous ministry uh, and minister as well um for now i want everyone to be reintroduced to a young lady that's an author a director of a screenplay and many other things very skillful young lady a great minister by the name of miss reese word law miss reese word law how you doing today ma'am uh-oh get you um, on now <laughs> hi uh hello everyone um i'm doing good i i am so thrilled to be here with you today how are you doing brother prayer i'm doing great doing great doing great um looking forward to this day um we know that you have a lot of things um you have a lot of hands and a lot of hats and i thank you for the opportunity for you to be able to come back on here and um for those who may not have uh, caught the episode that you were on uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself please uh well you know i am uh, an empty nester my uh, children are all adults now uh, my youngest is 20 years old so um once they hit the ground running and, and became adults, I had to learn how to sort of become one myself. You know, it was a a uh, time of finding out who I was. And in doing so, uh, God just opened up a lot of doors. You know, um, I started writing. I have a children's book that um, I uh, authored and penned, and it's it's out on the market. It's on Amazon now. It's called Don't Touch Me There. I'm also write, uh, writing another book. It's called uh, Daughters of the King. And um, I also wrote a play earlier this year. And that's when I was on your show the last time earlier this year, we were discussing that uh, and also relationships. Um, so the name of that play was Still Waters and uh, working on part two of that as well. I'm also an entrepreneur, um, you know, staffing agency, um, I I also uh, work for a company uh, where I help to hire news reporters and, and people of that sort. Uh, so, yeah, my hands are, you know, in a lot of things. But And I'm also an evangelist. I um, now go to uh, Sand Hill Baptist Church in Siegelville, um, Sunday school teacher. So you name it, you know, I'm, I, my hands are in a lot of things. <laughs> and as I say that, more things keep popping up. But you know, um, there's sacrifice in all of this, and you know, it's it's usually a personal sacrifice when God gives you something to do in this world um, that's beyond you. And um, you know, that's but I love it all. I wouldn't I wouldn't trade anything from for the world. So awesome, awesome. Now, I was so excited about getting you on. I failed to mention to everyone today's title of this episode. Today's title of this episode is called Embracing Self-Acceptance. That is so important. And being honest with you, especially within a body of Christ. So, Definitely. Uh, if you don't mind, share with us what gave you the heart to be able to talk to us about uh, acceptance, self-acceptance? Well, you know, it's it's something that is really near and dear to my heart. Um, and I'm very excited to uh, talk to you about it because I recently discovered that it was something that I was lacking in my own life. 
uh, lack of self-acceptance from things that happened in my childhood that I didn't even realize was running my life. And all of the decisions that I was making um, was pretty much around the lack of self-acceptance. And so in me learning the lessons from that, it became a testimony. And that's why I, I really felt the need to talk about it today. Okay. So, so um, if you don't mind, uh, if you can dive in, oh, how can we identify if we are lacking self-acceptance? Well, uh, one way is you are, a person would be seeking validation in things and in people. Uh, the imposter syndrome is definitely a, uh, a reflection of that. Um, just being a mirror everywhere you go and not necessarily having your own true sense of self. Um, that is definitely a way that you can determine if you're truly accepting yourself or not. Worrying about what other people think about you, which really does not matter because when you think about it, in the end, what people think about you is truly a reflection of their own perspective. It really has nothing to do with you. And if you dig into what perspective is, it's simply a point of view. It's my senses, what I see, coupled with things that I've taken in or things or, or my thoughts. So if I have a if someone has a narrow point of view of you, it's nothing that you're going to be able to do to change that. So that's why it's important that you have your own perspective of who you are, radically accepting yourself for who you are. That way, your point of view of yourself, your perspective is so broad that what other people think about you truly does not matter. And you want it to be that way because, like, coming on the show, you're saying nice things about me. When you meet someone, um, you know, especially if we think that we're in love, you know, Oftentimes, it's not that you're in love. You're just in a radical self, a radical, radical acceptance of the other person. So, and when you're in this radical state of acceptance of the other person, and it's blinded by infatuation or lust or just, you know, just an innate attraction, the things that you see, you accept. We call them red flags, but those things are always there. You just accept it radically, and. With this show, I'm hoping today that you, at the end, start to feel that way about yourself, that you start to fall in love with yourself, because that's all that matters. What you think about yourself is all that matters. How you feel about yourself is all that matters. That's it. Hmm. I wish I had this show about 30 years ago. I mean, <laughs> you know what? You'd be surprised how sometimes our decision making, if we boil down to it, our decision making is based upon trying to get some type of validation from something, someone, or some group. Hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, I want to share something uh, with with the audience, if I may. It's a journal yes. entry. Yes 
that I felt would be really befitting. And this was just from a few weeks ago, okay? So when I say I am a work in progress, when it comes down to self-acceptance, I really am. But one thing I can say about when you're learning lessons in your life from pain, the sooner you can learn them, the sooner you can progress forward. So in this whole thing, you know, I, I just want to read it. I'm going to read it. And then we'll, we'll discuss a little bit more after that. And here goes. I woke up today feeling a sense of disconnect, more from myself than anything else. But as I started moving around, I felt myself change. I felt a shift. I thought about my ex-husband. I still have thoughts. I still have love. I still have pains. But the biggest shadow I feel is this sense of rejection and neglect. I still, I still hear his words where he said, I don't like you so many times, and I hate the sound of your voice. I feel abandoned. I feel discarded. And it's been painful. Yet the more I dig into this, I think about love and a message that I overheard just yesterday and I connected with, and the message was, true love is really acceptance. And I guess that's why this really hurts so bad, because he just threw me away. He stopped loving me or accepting me. And I knew he did, especially when he would say over and over again, you're not my wife. I realized I've been seeking men and things like cars and, you know, I had to have the best cars and uh, the best house and men that, had, that were good looking and established because it validated me. It did something for me and it does something for me that I have yet to do for myself and that is fully accept who I am, my flaws, my quirks, my mistakes, my losses, my wins, my weaknesses, my opportunities, my strengths, my body, my mind, my voice, my past, my trauma, my everything. I am learning to accept it all. I am learning to accept me. Accepting myself is not arrogance. It is the courage to simply be. To be without judgment or pride or ambiguity or feeling lack, it is the ultimate source of love. Acceptance doesn't change. It doesn't expect. It doesn't judge. Acceptance is my birthright because I am enough. I am worthy just as I am. That was needed. I think you were the voice of so many people. And you'd be surprised how some people, they felt that way, but they didn't know how to articulate or put pen to paper and say that. Yeah, you, you know, um, <laughs> you know, even when I was uh, reading it, I still feel it. You know, mm -hmm. I... I think about, uh, on a personal level, every person that I've met, you know, um, I haven't, you know, been in 
I've always been in long-term relationships, but in those relationships, in each phase, um, they were reflections of me. And it makes me think about uh, a question that you asked the other day. If you met you, would you want to marry you? Would you want to date you? And it's such an introspective question. And becoming a person that radically accepts yourself, you must do the inner work. You must ask yourself the hard questions. Who am I? What do I like? What don't I like? You have to be able to look in the mirror and like all your flaws, your acne, your big lip. Look, when I grew up, I heard all the time, my lips are big, my forehead big. I had a complex with that for a long time. I was the dark-skinned one in my family. so And I was mistreated because of that. So I had a complex with my skin color, my hair being nappy. So I go and throw the weaves on. because, And all of it, like, we have so much thing, so many things that we do not like about ourselves that we are not willing to accept. And it is not until we accept those things that we can truly grow. Until you do, all of the stuff that you keep not accepting, you keep resisting about yourself, it's just going to keep running after you. It truly is. Until you can look in the mirror and truly love yourself. Everything about you, your quirks, I mean, even if you got a little, you know, little little snappiness to you, that, that's who you are. And the person that you're supposed to be with is going to love and adore it. Now, I'm not saying that if, you know, it, there are some things that sometimes we do need to change about ourselves. I, I do get that. But, you know, and, and in that case, do the work. Do the work. If you keep going somewhere and you see that you're treated a certain way, you're the common denominator. What is it about me that I need to change? And then change it. Make a choice. But you got to first accept who you are. You know what? When you you said what I kept hearing is sometimes we really don't know who we are, especially Mm -hmm. when we go into a relationship Sometimes we don't know who we are, but we end up becoming who we think that person wants. Mm. You know, those that know me, I don't mind throwing myself under the bus. Years <laughs> ago, there was a young lady I was crazy about, mm-hmm. and I found out what kind of guy she liked. So I, I can't remember all of it, but let's just say that she liked a guy with with hair. So I started growing my hair out. You know, she's like a tall guy. I started putting extra socks in my shoes to make myself a few feet tall. Yes, yes, hey. I'm feeling off on myself, you know. Hey. I put on four or five shirts. And when mm-hmm. I caught her attention, it didn't last long. And she ended up dumping me and getting someone of like who I used to be instead of who I became. And I was like, Oh, man. So I totally get what you were saying about that. You know, um, I'm glad you said that because I was watching a movie the other night. I don't know if you all have seen the movie Runaway Bride. 
I never saw it all the way through, but it's Julia Roberts, and she keeps, you know, going to the altar. She meets these men. They fall in love with her um, because she's kind of like this mysterious butterfly, right? Um, nobody can really hold her down or or catch her, but when they do, they want to they, they take her to the altar and take her quick. So she has all of these uh, proposals um, with these men of totally different spectrums, from a like a marine biologist. Uh, a dude that's goth and a mechanic, one's a preacher, um, the other's a reporter, like all of these different men, and one's a football coach, different personalities, and one person. And she gets to the altar and she runs every time. So the, her suitor at the end, he discovered that she was pretty much doing exactly what you say, what you were doing, and I've been guilty of doing too, um, becoming a mirror to the people that she was with. And the reason why she was running was because she was losing herself. She was afraid of losing herself completely because she knows she wasn't being authentic. For example, um, the reporter, um, he asked each guy that she, she had married in his, you know, interviews, he said, you know, what's her favorite, you know, eggs? How does she like her eggs? And let that be, you know, kind of a, a notice for y'all. If you're with someone and they don't know how you like your eggs, you know, I took that to heart because, like, breakfast is the most important meal of the day, and you should at least know what your, how your spouse likes their eggs, you know? <laughs> but um, with every guy, it was different, and they would answer, well, she likes her eggs like my post, like I do. She likes her eggs scrambled with veal like I do. Each guy had a different, you know, response, and she liked it based off of those people. Um, and so many of us go through the same thing. I know when I met my ex, my hair was long, was past my shoulders. I cut it off because he said he liked women with short hair. <laughs> And, I mean, to this day, I'm like, oh, I look at my pictures, I'm like, God, I should not have cut my hair. We ain't even together now. You know, I'm mad at myself. But, uh, you know, it just, it, you have to learn and grow from your mistakes. And But at the end of the, the story, she, uh, she did come to terms with herself, and she took some time to find out who she was and what she liked. And when she returned to the guy that she loved, she told him, I like my eggs this way. So she had finally found a sense of self and started to accept who she is and was. So, yeah, good good movie on Netflix, Runaway Bride. <laughs> Runaway Bride. I'm going to look at that. I'm going to look at that. Matter of fact, even when you were sharing the story, I was thinking about one of the classic movies, Coming to America. Oh, yeah. Coming to America. And Very the good. first bride. The one that the family wanted to wanted him to marry. What you like? Whatever you like, sir. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. do you have your own identity? And I think right. in that movie, we can see ourselves. For those who may have been in that kind of situation, you know, I understand that there's some people who may not even understand. Maybe they never have had that kind of problem. Uh, yeah. If you want to say low self-esteem or um, not finding themselves, maybe there are some people who may be watching who may have always known themselves. God bless you. Congratulations. But for those yeah. who did not know themselves, we can yeah. relate. Yes. Yes. You know, there is a difference between um, self-esteem and 
self-acceptance. And a lot of times we get those things uh, mixed up. You know, self-esteem is is something that you can, that, that's really attained through training, so to speak. So you can have a higher self-esteem if, you, you know, you were raised in a household where it was encouraged. And I believe that's why the Bible tells us to train up a child in the way that they should go. So when they're older, they won't depart from it. Uh, some of our household just doesn't have the training, and that's real. And you have uh, youngsters that turn in or kids that turn into preteens just trying to figure it out, and they have no sense of self-identity. Um, and then they turn into teenagers where it's really confusing and they still have n no sense of self or know how to relate to themselves. And then they go to schools and the schools do the deprogramming because when you think about a child and it's, you know, um, I can go back to the Bible, except you be as a little child, you will never enter the gates. Like it, 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 children accept themselves until they start to get into situational around people that, that doesn't accept them. Right. So, you know, the child may like wearing flowery dresses every day and that's what they do. They don't see anything wrong with it until they go to school and someone laughs at it. So all of a sudden or make fun of it. And all of a sudden that child no longer accepts the thing that they truly, truly identify with. And that's the flowery dress. Right. So, so many of us are dealing with these uh issues of neglect and issues of no one truly training us on how to accept ourselves. Uh, another difference when it comes down to uh, self-esteem is uh, self-esteem can be circumstantial. So depending on the, you got a degree, uh, you got a nice car, uh, you know, you got the good looking man or the good looking woman, and that boosts your self-esteem. But what happens if like, when COVID hat came, you know, you can't go to work. You know, now now the job is not there. You you don't have the job and you might lose the car and you may not have, you know, the apartment or the home anymore. What happens? Who are you then? So we can't wrap ourselves around self esteem. We have to accept everything about ourselves, the failures and the successes. Like God, you know, I like me, I don't have my degree. That wasn't, you know, I had my first kid at 14. And by 15, you know, put it like this, by 22, I had four kids. And so I had to go into raising them. It wasn't about me. So, you know, and I'm not saying that that's an excuse. I'm saying for me, that was my life. And I had to come to terms with that and accept it because at one point I was ashamed of it, you know, but I'm not ashamed of it now. It, you see that library behind me? That does not mean I'm not educated. I'm just not indoctrinated with the school system or educated by the school system, so to speak. Does that mean I don't have credentials? Absolutely not. There's other ways you can attain your credentials. So, you know, it's about just accepting everything about you, everything. You know, even if you were abused in your childhood, accept it so you can move on like it's not it really it's nothing you can do about the past anyway and if someone has hurt you or abused you in some way and trust me I know I've been there I've been there before I even knew how to tie my shoes I was I, someone was touching on me inappropriately 
No child is supposed to even ever know what that is before time. So I'm a living witness to that. And for a long time, I was angry. For a long time, I didn't know how, didn't trust anybody. For a long time, I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't even talking. Like for me to even be doing this, to for me to even be uh, operating in ministry and speaking to a crowd, if someone would have told me I would have been doing this five years ago, 10 years ago, I would have laughed in their face and said, you're crazy. I was insanely, insanely timid, insanely self-isolated. I did not like myself at all. I didn't feel good enough for anything but raising kids. So I know what it feels like, but you have to, once I started to accept and come to terms with the things that happened and forgave the people that, that hurt me and wronged me, that's when my life began to change. It wasn't until then. And when I gave my life to God and I allowed him to start to shift me and, and nurture me and fill me up in the spaces that were empty, that's when my life changed. So I pray that that helps someone. Yes. <clears throat> Matter of fact, while you were speaking, I'm going to read a, a comment. This was from someone from Facebook, if you're able to see it. This is from Miss mm-hmm. Felicia Mosley. She said, you are beautiful. Oh. And just looking, I would never have thought at 14 you had your first kid with a heart emoji. Yeah. I am so proud of who you are now. Heart, 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 heart emoji. Wow, God is good. Yes, he is. <laughs> it's nothing but the grace of God. Nothing but the grace of God. Nothing but his grace. I can't when I think about just who he who he is. And what he's capable of doing when you get out of your own way, what he's capable of doing when you learn to forgive and, and what he will do for the singles out there, single women especially, but even men, Isaiah 54 and 5 has been my saving grace. I go to it every day when I feel lonely, Isaiah 54. God says he's my heavenly husband. And I, I'm just, God has just put this on my heart. It really has nothing to do with the show. We live in a generation where the Bible tells us that there will become a time where men will become lovers of themselves. We're seeing it happen. We're seeing it happen real time. To the point where there's a blatant disrespect, especially for black women, a blatant disrespect. And um, it's sad that we women are disrespecting ourselves because we don't accept ourselves. Um, And then we have our men who are, you know, um, and you're welcome. You can do your orientation. That's your business. But valuing themselves, you know, there's there's scriptures against that. I'm not going to go into that because I don't want people to feel judged, and that's not what, that ain't what I'm about. That's between you and God. 
but men will become lovers of themselves. So if that's the case, ladies, we still have a responsibility. We still have a responsibility to the generation that is coming. We have a generation to, we have a responsibility to our children. If you are raising men, don't make them into a surrogate husband. They don't. Because as they get older and you put all that work on them, all they, when, when they look at a woman that looks like you, all they see is work. And we wonder why they don't want someone that looks like you. You've made him a surrogate husband since he was 10. Don't do that. Get him with a male, some kind of male mentor, a male, you know, uh, coach. Get him, get him with somebody that can help coach him because you can't, you can't raise him to be no man. You can't, you, you, you can't. I mean, you can, you can nurture him and love him as a woman, as his mother, but you can't, you can't help him in manhood. Like, we don't know what that is. Only another man can coach a man, a young man into manhood. There are rites of passages that come with that. We don't know nothing about. So, you know, the whole making your son a surrogate, and then stop it, because what happens when you do that, you raise broken men. They, they're broken. Because they see you as work, and they don't even know how to even really be a man because, or don't know how to accept love because they really didn't even get it. So it, we got to stop raising broken men and stop cursing these boys out, talking to them like dogs. All you raising is a toxic man, someone who's going to grow up and dislike women. Do you know there is an influx of men and it's so sad when you look online and you hear these uh, people talk about women, bashing women, uh, saying mean things about women, and it's, it'd be so disrespectful. Or you get into a relationship with a man and he really don't even like women at all. He's just there because he feels like that's the thing to do or, you know, he needs to, you know, uh, show face to the world that, hey, I got a wife, but he really don't like women. That This stuff happens because the mama is so toxic that she curses him out you know, talks to him like a dog, and he's been and he's been dealing with this since he was a child. So he subconsciously don't even like being around you. I was married to that, and it was, it's nothing that you can say to this person. You can't even have a conversation with a man like that because he gonna feel like you telling him what to do and cuss, and you ain't even cussing. You just trying to communicate. They don't want to communicate with you. They don't like you, and it has nothing to do with you. So y'all, you know, like you hear me. It's time out. Like, we truly have to get it together. We have a responsibility, the ability to respond to the needs of the next generation. We have the ability, that's what responsibility is, the ability to respond to the needs of the next generation. It ain't about you just having no man. What if this, you know, like when, when it came down to the Israelites, that generation had to fade out. So what if this this generation, when it comes down to our men, 
and some, maybe even some of our women is just so broken that you ain't going to find nobody. Because the Bible tells us that it, it's going to come a time when there's seven women to one man. So what are we going to do with that? You may not ever find nobody. But that does not mean that God can't be your everything. That doesn't mean that you cannot accept who you are as an individual and look in the mirror and still love yourself regardless if you have a man or not, or regardless if you have a woman or not. And when you become so in love with you and so accepting of everything about you, God is going to send people around you that is going to nurture you and going to reflect back to you exactly who you are. And you might just find love, maybe. But if you're not, you still have a responsibility. Find somebody that you can mentor. Find a group that you maybe start a group to help other people. You have the ability to respond to the needs of this generation and the next. And I'm sorry, uh, Brother Prater, my AirPods okay. just dropped out. Yes, yes. She, okay, she, I'm back. She's getting them back on. Can you hear us? I can. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, we got you on. The, the past two minutes, it would just mute. Please, please, please repeat what you said. You said okay. the, um, the last thing was about um, broken men. Okay, so with our men being broken, um, I I don't know what part did, did you not hear or did you hear. Let's just say we women, we have the ability, we have a responsibility, we have the ability to respond to the needs of the next generation. We have that, we have the responsibility. That's what responsibility is, the ability to respond. Oh, she said we heard it all here. I think she, they said they heard it. Okay, awesome. <laughs> Y'all know how it come out the first time and it just be flowing because the spirit flowing and you try to go back and, you know, it's like it's gone. <laughs> yes, yes. Oh, now, I, I get it now. Now, those who may be on the video was able to hear everything. Those who was on the audio podcast didn't. That's why the earbuds. But ah, but those that are on the audio, we're gonna make sure to get the audio version of this episode to, for y'all be able to hear it. And I was reading lips, and you know, I'm gonna say this: it sounds crazy, but Bernie Mac. I remember hearing Bernie Mac say, "I don't care who don't like me, I like me." Even though he was saying it as a comedy, a comedy script, but that was so impactful because I found out many of us, especially like you were sharing, we don't talk about this, but it's a lot of men mm. who really don't love it ourselves. We know how to mask things. You know, one of the things I always yeah. say, some of us as men, we acknowledge our mistakes, but we won't acknowledge our hurt. And a lot of times when we don't acknowledge our hurts, we don't acknowledge who we are or who we're becoming because we don't know who we were. And mm. so, so you know, even just you sharing that, this is not just for the ladies, 
but it's for the men yeah. as well. Because yeah. in order for us to get the house back in order, we got to start with the men for us to be able to be healed too. The women can be healed, but if the women are healed, but the men are still broken, it's still a broken home and a broken family. Go ahead, Chris. You are so right about that. And, um, you know, for the people who were on the um, actual radio stream that didn't hear everything, I'll give you a just a, a brief overview. But I was talking about toxicity uh, and brokenness and where that is oftentimes coming from and the responsibility of us women to ensure that we're not, one, cussing our sons out and talking to them like, or talking to them subhuman because we're stressed out, because we're carrying the world on our shoulders. I get it. I get it. It, it gets tiresome. But we cannot talk to them like that because what happens is we raise toxic men who then go out into the world and they hate women. We have a whole generation of that. And I know this is a repeat for some. I'm so sorry if that's the case. But we have a whole generation of that. And the Bible tells us that it's going to come a time, and it's now, where people want truth so bad. They need, they need to be led so bad. They're looking for teaching so bad that their ears are going to be tickling. And they'll be listening for everything. So we got these people out here that's saying all this ugly stuff about women, especially black women. And it makes, and it's even worse. When we as black women, you know, are sometimes perpetuating the narrative and the, because we haven't fully accepted ourselves. We don't love ourselves. So, you know, we got everything hanging out on the video. You know, we're doing everything that we're not supposed to do because we're looking for that validation. We're looking for acceptance. None of it works. None of it changes. The households don't change. We're just going to raise more broken and toxic people. And men and, and young boys that do not like women that look like their mothers because of it. You know, I've heard people tell me, you know, this whole notion of, you know, th this type of female, you know, knows how to treat a man racially wise. And the black female is just mean and angry. <laughs> I, 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 you know, we got to keep in mind some you know, races or some nationalities and cultures actually teach their daughters how to be in relationships. The problem with our community is that we don't teach our daughters how to be wives and teach our sons how to be husbands. They're having to learn on the fly. They're having to learn uh, through surrogate you know, teachings and rites of passage through uh, TV shows, Young and the Restless, because, you know, they were raised with their grandmas, and, and, and that's all they saw, you know, bold and the beautiful, like that, but that, and none of that stuff is real. Because there were no households that truly teach it. And this is, not, this is not a smear across all of black culture. Do not think that because I know that ain't true. But to the, to the broken and the toxic out here, we, have, we need to be just a little bit more compassionate, understanding of our culture in general. We're not even a full, I, I'd say we're probably a generation and a half out of Jim Crow. 
So we're seeing, and it's only by grace we've gotten this far. So, and, and we still have some ways to go. But in order for us to change a thing, we have to accept where we are in it and then make a choice to change it. And it's not going to be easy, but it starts with the internal. It starts with the individual first, learning how to love themselves unconditionally, learning how to accept themselves unconditionally. I read a quote, and it said, to say I love you, one must first know the I. And then I, I feel like that really couples really well with what Jesus says in Mark 31, love your neighbor as yourself. You can't love someone when you don't love you. If you don't know how to love you, you're not going to know how to love someone else. If you don't like yourself, of course you're not going to like me. And if I don't like me, of course you're not going to like me. I don't even like me. And that is the energy I'm going to give out. If you don't accept yourself and you're judgmental of yourself, of course when you go out into the world, people aren't going to accept you and be judgmental of yourself, the be uh, the be uh, judgmental of you. The best thing that you can do for your own growth is to accept yourself. And once you do that, you will stop trying to convince people that you need their approval. It will stop. You won't even need their approval. You'll be like Jesus where he says, um, uh, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down on my own accord and I have the power to lay it down. And when I have, because I have the power to lay it down, I can take it back up. Once you know who you are, no one can take that away from you. No one. I don't care if you walk into the room and everybody hates you that's up in there. You're going to feel the energy. And if you're smart, you're going to bounce. You'll leave. But it's not going to change who you are because you have fully accepted you. And you will find the right room for you to be in. And guess what? You won't even have to look for it. Because when you finally start to walk in your truth and finally start to walk in who you are and truly love and accept who you are, God is going to put you in the right room. I am living witness. He will do it when you get out of the way. Hmm. <clears throat> Now, when you was, I know you was um, speaking a few minutes ago about I, I love you. For those who really are questioning if they love themselves, can you explain what love is? Oh, my gosh. Love is... You know, it, it's so it, it's so beautiful and so vast that I really putting it into words actually takes away from it. But if I were to say one word, as cliche as it sounds, love is God in manifestation. God is everything. God is acceptance. He's goodness. He's peace. He's everywhere. 
It's unconditional acceptance. It flows. It's natural. Love is is in everything. Love will give you a peace that don't even make sense. Love is the reason why you're here. Love is un, unconditional acceptance. And when you find yourself unconditionally accepting you, you will unconditionally accept other people. And that is true love. It's not seen with judgment. It's not seen with the eye of jealousy and envy. Love is beautiful. It makes you smile when you go to bed at night. Have you ever seen those people that have been married like 50 years, 40 years? Like I, I've never, you know, I'm like, gosh, you know, I'm 40-something. If I meet somebody now, we'll be 90 ending this thing. I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, you know, I'm like, how, how do you do that? Yes, we can say love, but you have to accept the person that you're with through every phase. You have to accept their flaws. You have to be with them, committed through and through. And I know if you've ever watched a a couple truly in love, you can see it. You can see it. It's it's in the eyes. Like, I accept everything about you, and I just want to make it better. You know, like, whatever I can do to make it even more fruitful. That's love. Hmm. It's giving and giving. You know, we go, I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. I'm sorry to talk a little bit more. You know, like, we look at relationships and and we say, oh, relationships is it's give and take. No, relationship is giving and giving. And when we can understand that, it's giving and then you give and you give. But you can't give from something that you ain't got. That's reality. And I'm sorry, I'm, I know, I, you know, please don't think I'm, I don't have common sense. I'm just being grammatically incorrect for emphasis sake. You're but, fine, you're fine. <laughs> but truly, you can't give something that you don't have. So when you truly Love. And you're in a relationship is give and give. Think about when a mother has a child. That mama is not expecting nothing back from that baby. Maybe a good night's sleep, maybe. (laughs) But you're not expecting nothing back from that child. It's unconditional love. You just keep giving and giving and giving. And we are a reflection of God, right? We're representation of God. And what does God do? He keeps on giving. He don't ask us nothing in return. And even if he did, and only thing that he, if, if we were to classify it as something in return, he might, you know, thank, thank him, praise me. But you, you want to do that when somebody's doing, I mean, hey, you got, I got breath in my lungs. I got food on the table. Clothes on my back, God, you just keep giving to me. I can't even give you back enough. And he never asks for anything in return. 
That's love. It gives and it gives. All this 50-50 and all that old shenanigans and give and take. Just the whole notion is all off. Give and give. That is so true. You know, when you think about how some people say, like you said, that 50-50, well, if a loved one is in the hospital, on the bed, in the ER, they can't give they 50. So does that mean that the person that's not receiving their 50 don't give their 50 because that person is unable or unable to give their 50? So... You're so right. I think the concept or the idea of what love is, if mm. we can really just, like you said, go back to the Bible and really just promote to let people know in social media, in entertainment field, what love really is, because this idea of what love is, what they're promoting, is so distorted. Yeah. I don't even really believe that love is being promoted. Right. It's not being promoted. It's not. All you hear is, you know, now now we got this weird stuff talking about what restaurant to take somebody to. I mean, give. Taken. 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 You know. Yeah. And it's sad. You know, nobody's talking about true love. You know, not, not like it. I'm not even going to say like it used to be because I wasn't really around, you know, so I don't know exactly 100% how it was, <laughs> you know, but I do know when I listen to some music, you know, from, you know, the 60s and 50s, there was an element of love in it, you know, and uh, you just, you don't really hear that a lot now, you know, and you watch TV, it's not a, a, a really heavy, you know, it's just not there. It's not it's not there as much, you know. I and I used to like the the Cosby Show and shows like that. Like there was the element of love. You don't see a lot of that. You know, it's fun. I remember um, this was years ago. Sounds strange, but years ago they were they were um, premiering this music video. It was by Prince, and the name of this video was called "Call My Name." And he wrote a song when his wife first mentioned his name, when he got his name back from the symbol that he started using, yeah. Prince. And he wrote a song when, his, when he heard his wife call his name. So they premiered that video on BET, and they interviewed the audience. And this girl got up, and she said that she, as she was explaining what that song did to her, she began to cry. This was mm. a, let's say a young girl. She might have been in her 20s, maybe a teen. I don't know. Wow. But what I saw, I saw that she, as well as that generation, was deprived of love, of chivalry, of hearing it. It's mm. not promoted, like you said. I was watching... um. Uh, paternity court. In this episode, they were talking about this guy got this girl, and they were friends with benefits. Uh, friends with benefits. Uh, she was 
he had already told her, hey, look, I don't want to be, I don't want no relationship, you know, I just want sex. She agreed to it. But her agreement was she was going to give him that, but in the back of her mind, her ideal was eventually if I give it to him enough, maybe I can convince him that I am the one. And it, it it breaks my heart because even though yeah. she was one female, but to me, she represented so many. And once again, like you were saying, she was not accepting the fact that that was his truth. But yet and still, because maybe she didn't know herself, she felt like yeah. she had to settle for that. Can you speak to those who may feel like that? Um, I, I will say that when you don't love yourself, you will settle for just being a body, as long as your body is caressed. Even if you, if having a piece of man is better than no man at all, you know, like all those things happen when you truly do not love yourself, when you are unfulfilled. And then some of it comes from trauma, as I, I shared earlier. You know, um, I've never been a promiscuous type, but I learned what, put it like this, the only attention I received was male attention and very early. That was my programming. I didn't have the attention of sitting on my daddy's lap and him kissing my forehead and walking me down the hall. Until I didn't have anybody telling me, you can be anything you want. You can be great. I didn't hear that. I didn't even hear baby girl. I didn't hear I was beautiful. I mean, like, these things matter to young girls. So when, you know... You, you you four and five years old and you're being touched on and you got cousins that's molesting you. By the time you 14 like I was, you know, like, and, and the only attention that you get is from a male, you think that your body is, you don't know no better. You just think, hey, you know, this is part of it. You know, they like me because of what I can do for them. Even though at the end, they mistreat you. At the end, they make you feel rotten. Like you're, you're, you're just a disposable piece of paper. I know, what that, I know what that feels like. But that comes from you're not loving yourself. Whether it's a trauma response or you just, your programming is off. You didn't have... Love wasn't there early on. You weren't nurtured properly. But we serve a God that will be everything you need. Everything. Isaiah 54 and 5. The Lord is my heavenly husband. The Holy One of Israel is his name. Your Redeemer. God will redeem you from the pain if you let him. You got to put him first. 
Let him fill up the empty spaces. A man touching you and putting you in some category of friends with benefits, that's the lowest thing that you could possibly do. Your body is a sanctuary. Your body is a temple. The Holy Spirit can't dwell there because you've got all this other stuff dwelling off in there. If you're messing around with a man and he just, somebody off benefits or whatever you want to call it, just to get your little jollies off, which you really just craving some love, even if it's temporary. Every time he inserts you, he's depositing his spirit. And if he's sleeping with other women or men, their spirits are coming too in your temple. And you real and you don't even know that maybe that's the reason why you're dealing with so much anxiety. You suicidal, don't even know why. You depressed, don't even know why. All of a sudden you angry, don't even know why. Sex is sacred energy exchange. It's a it's one of the crimes that you do against your own body. When you give your body to a man or a woman, and it ain't your wife or your husband, if you good enough to lay up with, you should be good enough to marry. And if that man do not want to marry you, and I'm not saying go running down the aisle with somebody, I'm saying get yourself together first. Truly get yourself together. You don't even, if you out here even thinking about sleeping with somebody and you just so hot down there that you just, you know, you don't need to be marrying nobody. You need to be fixing you. Because that's a very low level energy. Very low level energy. Because when you meet somebody, you meet them from here up. It should be heart and spirit, not this lower, you know, it, it shouldn't be all there. Just not all in the lower areas of your body. Let, bring it up higher. If you don't like, you know, just just a little tool to take with you, you know, if you're dating somebody and you don't know what to say on the date, maybe, you know, you're not that good at just having conversation, take you some conversation cards. Have something to talk about with the man. See where his mind is. That way when you, as you're getting yourself together, and hopefully you're not out here trying to date before you do get yourself together. Get yourself together. But when you do finally get yourself together, you come to the table now with some standards. And I'm not talking about he has to be over six feet and make six figures because, you know, six figures today with child support, he got two, three kids, you know, he driving a car he can't even afford, he's staying in an apartment that he, you know, like he, because he's on, he's surfaced with it, that hundred thousand, it really ain't even no money. You take 30% of child support and then 20% of taxes, that man ain't got no money. He ain't got nothing to give you. So 
Stop it with the surface level crap. <laughs> surface level. We got to bring it up some notches, y'all. We got to bring it up some notches. See what else he got. What's his relationship like with the Lord? How does he view love? How does he feel about his mama? Did he Was he raised with his mama and his daddy? And if he wasn't, was his grandpa there? Did he see some kind of model of love around him? Like, there's some questions that need to be asked before you open the legs up. That's the, that, that, that's the easiest thing for you to do. But it's also one of the most detrimental things that you can do. We have to value ourselves more than that because we have so much value. And when you finally come to accept yourself and your worth and your value, oh, can't just anybody step to you. And that's woman or man. You have, you have worth now. You're not even going to put yourself on sale. I was listening to, a, uh, I think it might have been T.D. Jakes, when he was saying, you know, you're not going to go up into the Gucci store looking for stuff on sale. You're not going to go up into the, the Bugatti dealership and, and, and think you're going to get a car on sale. They don't even advertise. So, women, we don't have to advertise. When you have worth, you ain't got to be, you ain't got to have all your goodies hanging out. You don't. Because things that are valued don't have to do that. Don't have to advertise and it never goes on sale. It's not compromising its value and its worth for you. If you cannot afford it, exit stage left and keep it moving. Don't compromise yourself. When some man come up here talking about he, friends with benefits, it shouldn't even be in the conversation. All I say is, if they can't afford you, you keep yourself on the shelf, and God will send the one that can take care of you. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine, uh, he's a minister also, Derek Richardson. Derek Richardson. He and I were talking and Friday, and, and he Friday said something that was so profound. I'm gonna have to give. I'm gonna have to acknowledge him for this. I'm gonna say it verbatim. One of the worst things we as guys can do towards a female and rob her of her life is to keep her on, excuse me, keep her as our quote-unquote fiance for seven, eight, nine, ten years. We are robbing her. It's like putting them on layaway and you have no intent of purchasing you're just yeah. trying to make sure that that person don't go with someone else, but you don't want them for mm -hmm. yourself. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. Or marrying somebody prematurely. Yeah. Yeah. For anything other than love. Yes. yes. It happens. Yeah. It happens more more regularly than you think. People are getting married because uh, financially, and I had some, you know, that happened to me. <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like, we can't judge anybody. 
like the lady that was willing to be friends for benef- with benefits, like I literally had a conversation like that with my now ex. Like, cause I knew, I'm like, mm, I just don't think that we should get married this soon. He's like, you know, it'll be good financially. And, you know, we're not going to, we ain't going nowhere. He talked me. I was like, yeah. He said, and, and you know, we love each other. I'm like, yeah, we do. Yeah, but that, that shouldn't even be no fault, you know, <laughs> like financially, you know, like, because what happens if the money, if, 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 if I have an ebb of some sort or you do? Then a relationship, you know, if it's founded on some sand like that, it's not gonna, it's not gonna last. Hmm. So I have, I have a question. So for for those who are trying to figure out how to accept themselves, how to um, how to accept themselves, flaws and all, what are some of the steps? that we can do for us to be able to learning how to accept me. I'm going to make it personal. Learning how to accept me. Okay. Well, I have um, a few ways that you can do. I like to say that self-acceptance is like a muscle. And in order to uh, strengthen, strengthen it, you must exercise and train it regularly. One of the things that you can do is to celebrate, celebrate your strengths. Now, oftentimes what we do, we focus on our flaws. We do that all too often. We focus on our flaws instead of celebrating the things about us that make us unique and the things that we are good at. So focus on your strengths and celebrate them. Write them down. And if there's some uh, weaknesses. I don't necessarily like to say weaknesses, but I'm saying it, you know, here so we know what that what I'm when I what I mean when I say the next thing and that's opportunities. I prefer to call them opportunities. Write your opportunities down too, and then ask yourself: Is this something that I want to change, need to change, and if it's something that you want to change or need to change, change it and make it become your strength. Uh, Another thing is understand that we all make mistakes. You're going to make mistakes. I'm going to make mistakes. Your children are going to make mistakes. We all make them. It's the human experience. So don't blame and shame and guilt yourself. That's not living. Nail it. When, When Jesus died on the cross, He died for all of that, all of your mistakes. So nail your mistakes to the cross, too. Let it go. Um, Another uh, way that you can embrace uh, your self-acceptance is don't compare yourself to other people. That is a way that you, doing that robs you. It robs you of who you are and your own greatness. Don't look to the left or the right. Don't worry about what other people are doing. If you focus on what you're doing and celebrate celebrate your strengths and focus on them, you know, strengthen your opportunities, whatever they are, you know, work on the opportunities, you won't even have time to be worrying about what, some, what, what somebody else is doing. You won't even see it. You won't even think about it. It's nothing to compare to. 
man, think about it. Like, my hands, like, I got fingerprints, and nobody has fingerprints like me. I don't have your fingerprints. You don't have mine. So I was born to be me, and you were born to be you. There's no need to compare the two. No need to compare the two. Uh, uh, another one is uh, surround yourself with people who accept and believe in you. That is really crucial. If you're with people who are silent haters, who truly do not wish you well, who do not care for you, who do not like you, that energy, like, I don't, I don't understand. I don't think that we truly understand how, what energy is. We are energetic beings. We are spirit beings. Language, for all intents and purposes, was sort of created um, as a way to pull us away, and it, and it has, in a lot of ways, pull us away from what our spirit naturally says to us. Because at one point, human beings could communicate without language without actually speaking. So if you truly just listen to your spirit and surround yourself with people who accept and believe and love you, it will naturally elevate you. But if you're around people who say they are in your corner and say that they care, but their actions are something totally different, that's dangerous. It's dangerous to your spirit. I've been in a situation like that. And I found myself, I found myself feeling really bad about myself. I'm like, what? why am I feeling this all of a sudden? It's because I was surrounded by people who do not wish, that did not wish me well. So you got, and even Jesus got away from, he wasn't hanging around people that didn't wish him well. What do you tell the disciples? If you go into a town and they do not accept your peace, what did he say do? Leave quickly and don't even take the dust of that place with you. Wipe the dust off your feet. Get out of that town. So we got to be smart enough to know when to leave a situation if it's with people who do not wish us well. Everybody not your friend. They're just not. Everybody don't care about you and everybody don't wish you well. People got problems. People got issues that ain't got nothing to do with you. So you got to not, don't let it be your issue by trying to fix it. The only person that can fix it is God and he don't need you always, he don't necessarily need you there to help him fix it, right? So surround your people, surround yourself with people who accept believe and love you. Another one is forgive yourself and stop ruminating over things that you cannot change. If when you do your list and you write your strengths and your opportunities and in your opportunities, these are things that you, stuff that you can change. Some things you cannot change. And if you cannot change it, let it go. This is just a part of who I am. And hey, I, I forget. I, I forgive myself, you know, for this being a part of who I am. You know, it's a protective mechanism. It's me, and I've grown to accept it. You know, I can't change it, and that's just what it is. Or if you've done something to somebody in the past, stop ruminating over it. Don't beat yourself up. 
nail it to the cross and go free and forgive yourself. Um, and then also talk to others about how you feel. Talk to other people. That's another tool that you can take with you as you embrace your self-acceptance. Talk to other people about things that may be troubling you. Brother Prater has been such a mentor, a friend, a prophet in my life during a time where it was, and I, if, I'm sure it's some, some people that's listening that can attest the same. Talk to other people about some of your problems, but things that, well, people that can be unbiased. Everybody isn't unbiased. And sometimes you know, like, especially if you're in, a, you're in a marriage or it's a friendship or something, you know, you go to talking about this person with somebody and you go to them for some advice and you know that person don't like the person that you're talking to, that, that you ask them about. Why are you even talking to that person? That's a, you know that this is about to be a biased opinion. And subconsciously, you know you're going over there to talk to this person so they can continue to add fuel to the fire. Go to someone that you can trust that can add positive light in that situation, that can pray goodness into that situation, that can see goodness and positivity, that can, that can plead the blood of Jesus over that situation and actually mean it. Not somebody that wants to see you fail or, or secretly hating and don't want you to have something good anyway, so they're going to sit up here and tell you anything. Knowing that they all they're doing is adding more coal to the fire. Be careful who you talk to, but talking to people who truly care really can help you embrace your self-acceptance because they're going to see something in you that you may not even see in yourself. And lastly, mirror work. I did a, a women's circle about a month ago. And I brought mirrors for everybody, and all the women looked in the mirror. And there, was, there were young people there saying, I've never even looked at myself before. So I encourage you to do some mirror work. Get in front of the mirror. Take, go all the way down to how you came out your mother's womb, your birthday suit. Get all the way down to it and just stand in that mirror. And truly accept everything you see. And tell yourself, I love you just the way that you are. I love you just the way that you are. I love your acne. I love your nose. I love your eyes. I love your hair. I love your gut, your muffin top. I love all of it. You got to love you before you can love anybody else. So do some mirror work. And don't leave that mirror until you truly believe it. And if you cannot do that, one, you probably need to seek out a counselor or talk to someone who truly cares about you so you can get down to why you cannot accept yourself. Why is that hard for you? Journal it. And if you really want to get in touch with yourself when you're doing that mirror work, wherever you feel in your body, sometimes you'll feel it in your stomach. 
you might feel it in your heart when you tell yourself I love you. You you might your heart might start pounding. Figure out, discover where in your body do you feel some energy stirring. Because it's it's telling you something. And then start journaling. I felt that in my belly. Why? Ask God to show you why. He will do it. And that's all I have. Number one, thank you. Thank you for those beautiful words. Um, I'm going to be very, very, very transparent. Um, There is a reason why today that you were on here and it was set up years ago. It was set up years ago, April of 2016. Um, I, I kind of shared a little bit of the story um, in a couple of videos of mine a couple of years ago. But um, I'll share this with you. Today you speak about embracing self-acceptance. And it's easy for us to accept ourselves. It's easy for us to accept ourselves when we have people there to support us, to help us, to encourage us. But what I found difficult was when you know yourself, but then all of a sudden accusation, hurtful, hurtful words, lies come to you. And matter of fact, it was pertaining to the video I sent you some time ago. And the worst, one of the worst hurts I've experienced is from a lie and an accusation from a minister, a pastor. Mm-hmm. And and to be honest with you, I didn't do anything externally. But it bothered me internally. Yeah. And one of the things that God began to deal with me on was forgive him. Mm. Forgive him and don't even try to acknowledge anything that he did or said. And one of the things pertaining to me, I take, I don't want to say pride in a bad way. But I believe in being a man of integrity. And when someone assassinates your character, yes. it's one thing to put in a truth yep. that can be accepted. But to yep. lie and manipulate, yeah. one of the things I've always been, a, always fought against bullies, even if I didn't know them, I always fought against bullies. And so yeah. this, I said all that to say this. When you were sharing your words a few minutes ago, and I'm looking over to the side, and I was looking at self-acceptance, and it made me think about everything I went through then and look at where I am now. Because often the ones that I end up ministering to, the one I end up uh, God put in my path are the ones that went through what I went through or, or that are going through what I went through. Yeah. 
and I don't want to say his name because the person didn't do it publicly. He did it privately. So, mm. so you know, I, you know I, a few people know who he is. Mm. But just in case he's watching, thank you. Thank you. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Now, I forgive you. Yeah. And even if he called me right now, I would help him. If yeah. he's in the hospital, I would go over there. I would pray for him. Mm-hmm. Because one of the things I had to find out in accepting myself, you have to acknowledge accepting truth, but also being able to identify a lie. Yeah. And just because some people may offer does not mean that you have to accept it. Right. And so not just accepting words, but even accepting actions. We don't right. have to accept it. And right. so if all of this that was taking place, and like I said, I'm going to make sure that the audio portion, just in case those who didn't get a chance to listen to it, I'm going to make sure you hear everything in its entirety. But everything came full circle and it helped. It's, it's therapeutic for me for me to be able to even look back, for me to be able to see that there is healing that needs to be taking place. And I always talk about the audience within the church. There are yep. so many people that have been hurt. There are so yep. many people, if it didn't happen to me, but if it happened to someone who might have been just a new convert, maybe that would have made them no longer go to church anymore. Yeah. So... I really, really thank God that not only you coming on here, but you even sharing your testimony and you helping us. One of the things I always tell people, we all are in the audience. This may be something that we may need to take right now, or it may be something, it may be later on in life, or it may be something where we eat the meat and we even pass it on to someone else. Yeah. So I just I just have to tell you thank you so much for not helping Brother Prater of 2023, but helping Pr- Brother Prater of 2016. Amen. So I want to take that time to tell you right now. Amen. Thank you. Amen. You, you know, I, I just, I thank God that he allows us to use our testimony. That's what it's all about. You know, God doesn't allow us to go through these tests, you know, so we can keep it to ourselves. It's so we can share it and help other people. That's the whole point of it. You know, and like you, you know, I had someone trying to assassinate my character. You know, this man told me I was the most disrespectful woman he ever been with. But he was also the same man that told me that, you know, one of his exes had another man riding around in the car and that he was paying for so I'm like, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, how am I the most disrespectful one? You're talking about assassinating my character? How that made me feel? You know, like, I know how, come on. Like, I, I have three daughters. If I was a disrespectful woman, they would be disrespectful young women, and they are not. So, you know, that, it, it hurt me. Like, I'm like, how would you, how can you be going around even saying that about me? But I had to give it to God. I'm like, God, I know who I am, and I got receipts. You know, <laughs> my receipts is these little ones just walking around here. 
You know, so you can say what you want to say about me. It don't even matter. So, you know, and, and it's something how, you know, we went through the same thing. And now you, you've been ministering to, to me for all, all this time. And I'm just grateful. I'm just as grateful as you. So thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored. Now, if you don't mind, just in case someone who may have been listening and they kind of on the fence, um, what would you tell them that might be able to make them become an make them become aware that it's time for them to get off the fence and emerge themselves all the way? to God and also give them that hurt. I do want to say this also. Um, I wrote this down so I wouldn't forget. But I think a lot of times, I think one of the most important things we think about pertaining to self-identity and uh, acceptance and stuff is about relationship. And just in case who may be in a, someone that may be in a toxic relationship or an abusive relationship, even though last month was Domestic Violence Awareness Month, but we're going to yeah. always talk about domestic violence and toxic relationships. Just in case you may feel like, well, I don't know uh, if I should stay or leave. We got time invested. Or, oh, I'm going because I love him. Let me tell you something. One thing I always true love doesn't hurt. But also, don't worry about your heart right now. Don't worry about your heart right now. You need to leave. One of the things I always think about when, when I hear people say, with the time to leave, you know, they want to be healed before they leave so they can have the ability or strength to leave. I tell people, look here, think about the 10 lepers in the Bible. Mm. They were healed as they went. Yeah. And so, um, just in case someone that may be on the fence pertaining to whatever, if it's relationship, if it's um, giving it all to God, or even just accepting Jesus Christ as a personal Savior, uh, what would be some words you would like to share with them to help them get off that fence? I want to uh, leave you with a verse as you put one foot in front of the other. Just one foot in front of the other. You don't have to figure it out all today. You're not going to figure it all out today. If, if you've been heartbroken, it's not going to change overnight. It's one foot in front of the other, one day at a time. But as you're taking that one step in front of the other and moving forward, Remember this, Psalms 139 and 14. I will praise you, Lord, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and you are a work of God. Marvelous you are, and that my soul knows right well. Get that down into your soul, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, and you are a marvelous work of God. 
You do not deserve to be broken. You do not deserve to be mistreated. You do not deserve to be lied on. You do not deserve to be ridiculed, disrespected. You deserve love. You deserve acceptance. But you cannot receive something that you don't have. You And you can't give something that you don't have. You, I mean, you, you you can receive it, but it's, you're never going to actually receive it. You're not going to perceive that you're receiving it because you don't know what it looks like. That's why you have to give it to yourself first. Thank you. Absolutely. Father God, we come to you now humbly just saying thank you for everything that you are and thank you for creating us and thank you for making us who we are. Thank you for loving us so much that you've allowed us another breath, another day, another moment, another time to communicate with each other and hear this word and receive from this word. God, I pray for your people out there, God, that are broken, that are in toxic situations. I pray for your people right now, God, that are hurting, who don't know their value and their worth. And I pray, God, that after tonight, they now see themselves as fearfully and wonderfully made. I pray, God, that they see the magnificence of your work in themselves. I pray, God, that they look in the mirror and finally say, I love you and mean it. I pray, God, that every step that they take, that they know that you are ordering it and that you are right there. I pray that they find comfort in their souls and rests in their minds in you. Help them to get closer to you, God. And we Right now, confess our sins before you, God, for not thinking correctly about who you've made us to be. We want to confess our sins, God, tonight. We know we haven't always gotten it right. And we thank you for forgiving us on the basis of your mercy that is renewed each and every day, every morning. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. 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 I thank God for you. Thank you for the words. And uh, for those who may want to get in contact with you or even purchase your book, please, uh, can you give uh, them your information for them to get in contact with you as well as uh, purchase your book? Yes, um, actually, I'm working on a website, but um, you can always reach me on uh, social media. My uh, Facebook is Reese Wardlaw, um, and it will be linked. Um, this is the book. If you if you'd like to go on Amazon, it's called Don't Touch Me There. Uh, in this book, children will learn how to identify their special parts, uh, learn how to respond to inappropriate behavior, uh, know it's important to always feel protected and remember that they are brave enough 
to demand respect. You know, studies show that 95% of abuse can be prevented with education. And that's what this book is about. Easy read, ages uh, four to eight. You can go on Amazon. We will uh, post the link. If you don't have children, you can buy it for someone else's child. Um, I would appreciate the support. And um, I know it will definitely do a world of good. Thank you. Yes. And, and also, when she's complete with the part two of Still Waters, this podcast is going to let everybody <laughs> and their dog know when she's ready for yes. the play. Look, like I said, I'm, I'm those that know me, I'm I'm, I'm probably uh, I watch wrestling. That's probably about it. <laughs> but I was able to I was able to um, come out and see the play, and I enjoyed every minute of it. Thank uh, you. <laughs> I'm not for myself. I used to love watching the young wrestlers. Mm-hmm. And I would always think as the director or the writer, and yeah. I would oftentimes uh, predict what would happen. <laughs> I would watch the flow. So I would always think behind the scenes. And yeah. so when I was able to go and watch, it was very, very, very uh, entertaining, very comical, but also it was therapeutic for me. And I was like, wow, you know, so... Yeah. Like I said, I might be a pretty hard person to please, but just to let you know, I was thoroughly pleased. So by all means, for those who may be watching or listening, I'm going to let y'all know. Matter of fact, let me take that back. <laughs> when she does have everything yeah. complete, we're yeah. going to make sure before the opening night that she's yeah. able to come back, even if she come over here for three minutes and say, hey, yeah. The play is going to be blah, 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 blah. So, you know, just to let you know that we're here, we're helping one another, and not only we appreciate you as a, a minister, ministry, we appreciate you even just being transparent. And that's one of the things that we always tell people, this is what is needed. And, you know, like I said, your testimony helped me, and I hope that even what I, what I shared, you know, a few minutes ago, um, yeah. hopefully it was helpful to someone because to be honest with you, one thing about it, when we expose our hurt and become vulnerable, you know, if no one else is helped, we are helped. Yeah. So I just wanted to share that. Thank you. Thank you. Well, thank y'all for watching. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Yeah. yeah so I, I thank y'all once again. Uh, reconnecting my heart, would like to thank Miss Reese Wordlove, and we appreciate you and keep up the great work. And and like I said, know that we're praying for you. And um, happy November, the first Sunday of November. Wow. Amen. Um, yes, we made it. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, so uh, with that being said, I, look, I don't want to hold y'all and I don't want to keep y'all hostage, <laughs> but we thank y'all for you all. Thank you once again. And thank, thank each you. and every one of y'all for watching and listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. 
God bless you and good night. Good night. Thank you.